Father, in this place this morning, we pray, I pray, and we pray that, God, we would not leave here the same, but we would hear your voice in the midst of the songs, in the midst of the, of the message, of the dance, in the midst of, Father, everything you're speaking to us. May we hear what the Spirit is saying to us, your church. And if you're in agreement with that prayer this morning, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody, turn to somebody next to you and say, you look marvelous today. And for you husbands, if that's the first time this morning, well, now it's, that's a good thing. You look marvelous. And I, I tell you what, we need to rise to the destiny that God has over us. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and through verses 38 through 42, I love this passage. I love the interaction. I love how this comes about in the Word of God. It says this, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village, a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? <laughs> Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. The story of Martha and Mary here give us some insight into the two mindsets, two mindsets as it what pertains to the pursuit of the presence of God. Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet while Martha chose to work in the kitchen. Mary sought to please him by being with him while Martha tried to please him through service. And when Martha became jealous, she asked Jesus, as we just heard, to tell Martha, why don't you get her in here to have her come and walk, work with me? Mary sought to please him by being with him while Martha tried to please him through service. And Jesus' response is important to remember because he says to her, Martha, I mean, to Martha, he says, Mary has chosen the better part. Martha was making a meal that Jesus didn't order. And doing more for God is the method servants use to, God, to get God's attention that they might increase in favor. But how many of you know this morning, turn around and look at, these are friends of God. The Bible says once we know Jesus Christ, we are a friend of God. I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Why? Because he's calling us into relationship through the blood of Jesus. How many are glad for the blood that we've been singing and the, the sacrifice that we've been worshiping and praising the Lord for this morning? Jesus made a way. God made a way when there was no other way. In John chapter 15, verse 15, it says, Jesus says that very thing. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. I instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from my Father I made known to you. This place of his presence is a place of rest and trust. 
I don't know about you, but I've, have you ever gone to a prayer time? Have you come into a prayer time and not had the exchange? Have you come out, if any time, we've learned this in our, in our cells on Wednesday night, if you come into prayer and you don't have an exchange, meaning, what, what's it? He says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. When you show up in the presence of the Lord into prayer, and if your prayer time, you come out more frustrated than you went in, you probably were complaining and not praying. And so there should be an exchange. When you go into prayer time, you come into his presence and you lay at his feet, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and in the process, you lay at the feet of Jesus your concerns. And what do we do? We take his rest in return. Can you say amen? It's about his presence. Jesus modeled his, this while he was on the earth. Many times Jesus would go away alone to pray, and he only did what he said he fought, saw his father do. I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I, hear my fa- I see my father do. And that's what Jesus did every time, every moment of every day. He counted, leaning on, the, leaning on God, leaning in prayer upon the Lord, and he did what he saw and what he heard his father say, and nothing more. So when you saw, when we saw, when they saw Jesus and we read about Jesus, we hear and know who the Father is. Jesus said to the disciples, when you've seen me, you've seen him. Why? Because he did what he he heard his father say to do, and he he did what he, he heard, he said what his father said, and he did what his father did. And that's what he did while he's on the earth, totally leaning upon God. And that is the call to each and every one of us. We must realize that seeking the presence of God is not about trying to get God to do something. He's already given us his Holy Spirit. Without measure. You have his Holy Spirit right now without measure. Do you know that? You know what is the measuring response, though, from us to him is this. is that in our lives, we place limits on what we receive. And that is by the degree to which our lives are in agreement with God and his kingdom. We are the one that puts a measure to what we experience with God. Because he comes without measure. You live right now in an open heaven. You live right now. I live in an open heaven. Sometimes we're like, God, let there be an open heaven over my life, over this place, over our ministry, over this city. But let me tell you something. One of the things we need to do is we need to activate things in prayer. And we need to come into alignment with our thinking and with our lives to the Word of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Bill Johnson wrote, I think I have the quote, guys. Bill Johnson wrote this, The Holy Spirit lives in every believer, but he rests upon very few. Why? It's not because he's fragile. It's because he's holy. Few people give him a life to rest upon. The ones whose life is not in agreement with God, which is what he calls its entering his rest, has not given him a place to rest. There's that whole aspect of that he's in us for our sake, but he's upon us for others. So you can be saved and not be a full carrier because you're not fully walking and flowing in truth, purity, holiness. God is calling us to holiness. God is calling us to be friends of God. 
Let the Lord, it says in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, it says this. It says, what we, beloved friends, what should be our proper response? This is chapter, this is verse 1. Beloved, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be a sacred living sacrifice. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I've said this before, worship is not a slow song. Worship is a life lived for the king. Out of that, we can stir up a slow song that flows from the purity of a heart. And when your heart, when your heart is in a line with him, and you, it says he inhabits the praises of his people. Who are his people? A holy, peculiar, set apart, a holy nation. That should show forth the praises of him. The outflow of a life that's set apart for holiness, that's set apart for communion with him, for uh, relationship with him, outflows praise, and in that comes power. And let me tell you something, folks. In this time, in this, in this one of the things that I believe, that there's going to be a mighty move of God. There is going, even right now, that's happening in the land. It's happening around the world. That in the midst of the praise of his people that are in a line to the word of God, into the line, they're walking in holiness, and yet they're, uh, they're, they're declaring in places of praise. In the upper room in Southern California, in Redding, North Car uh, Nor uh, Northern California, and several places all around the world, all around this nation, there are people that are getting into that place, and they're ushering in a, a move of God, and there's a mighty move of God coming in a holy people, a set-apart people that are praising him and his glory is coming in and on the wings of praise there's going to be a mighty move of his spirit it says in John chapter 14 15 through 17 verse 21 and verse 23 this is an interesting passage to me because Jesus is talking to his disciples very intimately and he's talking to us today and it's really interesting because he goes about the same subject in, throughout this chapter of chapter 14. He says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Loving me then empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior. It's translated, in other words, the Holy Spirit of truth who will be to you a friend just like me and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. Verse 21, those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father, and I will passionately love you in return and, went and will manifest my life within you. Verse 23, Jesus replied to his disciples after a question, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And then it says, and my father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. In that in that is your destiny. In that intimacy with the Father. 
in that is the next chapter. If we go from chapter 14, Randy, to chapter 15, Jesus gets in this whole discourse of staying in communion, staying vitally connected as a vine connects to its branch. Everybody with me? Everybody there? And so as we do that, as we stay vitally connected, what does that mean? I believe it means seek the Lord first with all your heart. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things. In other words, I talked about it last week. There is no priority two, priority three, priority four, priority five. No, it is all, number one, seek first the kingdom with your life, with your family, every part of you, every part of, there's no second, there's no third, because let me tell you something, we, we, don't, we don't exit the kingdom to love on our family, we don't exit the kingdom to work in business, we, as soon as you're saved, you are a priest unto God, as soon as you're saved, you are a righteous one, you're not, just, you're not a sinner, you're a, a, you once were a sinner, but now you're a saint, turn to somebody next to you and say, you're a saint, I'm no longer a sinner. There's that song that says, I'm just a sinner. I used to sing that song. And it's wrong theology. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you once were a sinner. You are now a saint. You were brand, you're a brand new creation. Never there before. But now you're there, brand new, on the scene. And you carry the very nature of God. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, to be imitators, Devin. We imitate our Father. Just, and we follow Him. We, we look like Him. We sound like Him. We release miracles. His power flowing through us. So we get into that, we get into that passage of John chapter 15, which it says, if then you remain in me and my word remains in you, now ask, and it shall be done to you. Is anybody tracking with me this morning? We're talking about God is no longer, we're no longer servants, but friends, he's inviting you. He says, knocking at the door of your heart. He's knocking at the heart of the door of the church. He says, wake up. You have the good news within you. The moment you and I were saved, the moment we were saved, angels look at you and go, Why? You have the king inside you. Release him. Touch another life. The moment you are saved, angels look at you and go, I think there's a lot of angels around there. Brenda, I think there's a lot of angels out there with a lot of dusty wings. They're just sitting there going, You're going to give us some thing to do today? <laughs> Are you going to step out in faith today? You going to touch another life today? We're, we're ready. God's ready to send us on assignment. We're ready. You have Jesus. You have him. It's no longer I who lives, Paul says, but Christ. Go. Do it. Declare it. Be it. Be him. Imitate him. 
You're dearly loved. That, hear, hear that. As dearly loved children. You're dearly loved. Out of that love, there's no fear. Not fear for man, which is a snare, Proverbs says. Not fear for anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Approach everything like it's a day of, it's a day of, of an incredible, absolute, credible journey. Let's take the seatbelt off. We don't want to put it on. Let's take it off and say, God, take me for a ride with you. Does anybody hear me this morning? There's things to be done. There's things to be built. There's things to be created. But let me tell you something. We've got to have a different mindset. You've got to walk in a different mindset that you are a child of God. You are filled with the presence and the power of God. You, there is nothing impossible. For, why do we have passages like this? For with God, all things are possible. It's for the church who recognizes the goodness of God, and then they step out into that goodness, and they begin to go in alignment with the Word of God. We're not doubly-minded, as it says in the book of James, but we are singly-minded, single purpose, one idea, one thought, kingdom come, will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. I'm bringing it down into this reality. This reality screwed up. How many recognize this reality screwed up? We need the kingdom reality to come and put its mold onto this planet and reshape it. How? Through his peculiar people, his holy nation, his set apart ones, one life at a time, one task at a time, one dream at a time. There's some God dreamers in this room. What's a God dream? A God dream is that dream that only he can do. If you, it's not, that dream isn't going to happen unless he intervenes. The theater that we're building, you notice that building. The theater, the theater to reach potentially thousands of people for Jesus Christ. Every day working on it. By faith, phone calls, connections. One of the things the Lord told me recently, confirmed it even through my, my daughter Brianna, through others, and even recently on our revival group on, online, we have a revival group because we're part of a, a leadership culture that reaches really around the world, but some re fellow revivalists were on the phone this week and it's just confirmed again that basically what we sense is the, what I sense and confirmed is that the God is putting together the body the pieces, the head, the arms, the, the hands, the, and bringing them, assembling them, and it's an amazing thing, and the website's going up in the next week or so, the, and you can see some of what's going on, but it's really amazing, and, and, and so what I'm sensing is that God is putting together the body, and then he's going to infuse blood into it to make it work. Because it, it, it takes God to move a God dream. And it goes beyond what you can see. Because then it requires Becca faith. And with faith, there's always a risk. But you're in good hands. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on your side. And for with God, all things are possible to those who believe. Is anybody tracking with me this morning? We have to think differently. We got to know who you are. You got to know who you are in God. 
I sure appreciate you, Eunice Hendershaw. I appreciate you. Steadfast, immovable in your faith through all kinds of thick and thin. I just want you to hear this. I, uh, the Lord is pleased with you. Your faithfulness is not gone unnoticed. In the spirit, when you pray, you shift heaven. I, I, I had no plans of this. I just want you to hear me that I just sense the Lord just say, well done. And keep up what you're doing. Your prayers are affecting heaven and things are shifting on earth. You may not always see them immediately, but let me tell you something. Every time you pray, something shifts. <laughs> Encouragement for you today. The Father notices you. He hasn't lost your address. Very special to the Father. I don't know. I guess you needed to hear that because I just stopped my message to tell you, all right? Romans chapter 12, verse 2, then it says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the cultural around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This, is, this will empower you to discern God's will as you live, as a live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Isn't that refreshing? If you change the way you think, he'll change your life. If you change the way you think, he'll change your life. It says in Romans 10, 9, we're talking about heart and your mind. Say with me, my mind is an instrument. Let me... Let me you, you see, we believe in our heart, and our mind should go on a ride. How many know God will do far more than we ask or think? How many know that he'll blow your mind with what his immenseness, his greatness, his majesty? It says in Romans chapter 10, we know this, if you openly declare Jesus is, is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, where were you believing him with? Your heart. You will be saved, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Let me just take you on this for a moment. The mind is, is the mind, as I just said, is an instrument. It is the heart that receives acknowledgement. It is the heart that receives acknowledgement. Your heart receives revelation. Your mind receives information. You, you track it with me? All right? Your heart receives revelation. Your mind see, receives information. Your mind applies what your heart admits and is renewed as you walk out what your heart receives by the Spirit. Do, we need to do, do I need to go over that one one more time? Your mind applies what your heart admits, and it's renewed as you walk out what your heart receives by the Spirit. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will, what? Show you which path to take. Excuse me. A heart full of trust and rest creates a mind of peace then faith is the vehicle that takes revelation out of our heart and into our conscious mind. 
I said this before, your mind makes a terrible master, but it makes a wonderful servant. Anybody tracking with me? Your mind will make a terrible master. And especially if it's not renewed. If your mind isn't renewed, your soul has an opportunity to rule you and not your spirit. You have a, what a, we, you have a soul. We have a mind. Wait, where is it? Soul, mind, and spirit. You have a soul. Live in a body. But your spirit. Say with me right now, I'm spirit. Your soul is, in your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. In your soul. The Bible says that he wants us to prosper even as our soul prospers. And your mind, your will, and your emotions culminate your soul. So, you can see where your mind is very important to come into alignment and to know what the Word of God is. So ask what you will, and it'll be done. If you remain in me, if you continually abide in me, and my words abide in you, meditate, flowing in you, Psalms 1 says, you shall be like a tree planted by the water that beareth much fruit in every season. Why? Because you're constantly in this continual connection, flow, meditation. The Bible says, fix your thoughts. You have a job to do. Responsibility. Fix your thoughts. And so, let me go over this one more time. The mind is an instrument. It is the heart that receives acknowledgement. Your heart receives revelation. Your mind receives information. Your mind applies what your heart admits and is renewed as you walk out what your heart receives by the Spirit. A heart full of trust and rest creates a mind of peace. Then faith is the vehicle that takes revelation out of our heart and into our conscious mind. So what happens then You've now proven God in a situation. You've, God's proven to you to be faithful, and through his faithfulness, you're recognizing the goodness of God. You're catching momentum so that you are moving to the next level, so that you're moving to the next thing. You're not where you used to be. You're, you're many steps forward in this kingdom process called the renewing of your mind because you're not just a hearer of the word. Now I'm doing the word, so now I walk in impartation and not just knowledge. Did that help anybody there? So you actually walk it out, you actually become an imparter of the good news, so you actually carry weight in the kingdom. Meditation is the combination of heart and mind. Meditate. 
Now, Eastern mysticism says empty your mind, and that's meditation. In the kingdom of God, you are meditating upon the principles of the kingdom and the word of God, the word of God. Meditation is the combination of your heart and mind working together to expand our conscious understanding of the Lord. It will release not only knowledge, but also a capacity to experience that knowledge now. Am I going too deep for anybody this morning? Are you guys tracking this? Just wave at me if I, this is okay. You good? All right. Revelation and information produce transformation. Revelation and information produce something called transformation. Oh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind is renewed by its submission to the heart. The mind is renewed by the submission to the heart, which is transformed by the kingdom, by the king himself. And when the king rules your heart, you're not asking double-mindedly. No, he's got all your heart. What he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Ah, so you're saying I can't be doubly minded and reach my destiny for God. Exactly. Amen. It's not possible. You might go to heaven, but you'll be a dysfunctional Christian going to heaven. God never meant you to be a dysfunctional Christian on the planet. What is a dysfunctional Christian? I think they're the ones that it's all about them. Their problems, their stuff. Now, we have problems. But we move on. We, we shouldn't be the 20-year-old baby Christian. Can you say amen? amen. We move from that. I, Paul mentioned once, he says, he says, you know, he says, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, we should be moving on beyond this milk stuff. My translation. Well, you should be teaching people by now. Why are you just keeping receiving milk? In other words, baby, grow up. Grow up. Be responsible. Implant the word in your life. Do what you hear. Step out. And it's not just not doing right. We learned this week. And what, what did we learn this week, guys? I'll put you on the spot. It's awesome. The way of life. It was really cool what Bill brought out. But basically, we have the, the freedom we have is so that we walk in that which is not, not just focus on the wrong, but walking in the right. And part of the right is releasing. Listen, we, we, it's wonderful. We have Sozo. We have these different things to get you fixed, to get you. You have no excuse not to shine for the king. You have no excuse to let your past be your future. Why? You can't look in the front mirror. Of, you can't look in the front windshield of your car and drive that car while you look in the rearview mirror at the same time. You just cannot do it. You're going to wreck somewhere. You're going to pull off into a ditch. And God doesn't want that. He's provided everything you need to succeed. Every single thing. And we help you. We equip you. We will stint with you. We'll cry with you. We'll laugh with you. We'll discover your destiny with you. If you remain the same, it's not our fault. It's yours. One of the things you have to do and all of us have to do is humble yourself and he will lift you up. What does that mean? I don't got my stuff together. 
you husbands, all we had to do is go ask your wives and ask them, does he have his stuff together? <laughs> Vice versa, of course. But listen, the kingdom of God is a good word. It was a right on point word, I believe, right on point word, Crystal, this morning, is that community. The kingdom is family, and when, you did, when, you are not, when you're not in family, the family of God, the fam, it, it relates in family. And so, listen, I, I, I just want to encourage you, get in a place. Get in a place. Don't let fear, listen, don't let fear keep you from engaging in relationship. Does it get messy sometimes? Sure, absolutely. But that's where we love each other without, we have this thing called agape love. It's a God love. It's supernatural. It's powerful. And in that, we can love each other supernaturally. We have patience. And listen, you don't get patience unless you get into situations where you need to exercise patience. And most of the time, that's in relationships. The sandpaper people, people you think, I don't think I'm going to like them. Let's be real. You ever walk into somebody, you meet somebody, you go, I don't think I'm going to like them. <laughs> and then you get to know them and you hear their story and you go, oh, I like them a lot. Does that ever happen to anybody? Yes. Some of you are like, bleak, bleak. <laughs> SpongeBob, bleak, bleak. Sorry, I don't watch SpongeBob. That was a long time ago. That's when my kids were four years old. Sorry, five years old. But let, let me just say something. Don't let fear keep you from relationships. Draw, draw near to your brothers and sisters. You're going to find safety there. In this house, you'll find safety there. I said, in this house, you'll find safety there. No one's going to be carrying your stuff that you tell them to somebody down the street or wherever, planted it on Facebook. Just didn't happen here. It's a safe place. Everybody in Champions, can you say amen to that? Amen. You can become who everything you want to be in this house. If you're still here doing nothing in 20 years, we failed you or you failed us. All right, let's move on. The mind is renewed by its submission to the heart. And we already know where your heart should be. Love the Lord your God with all of it. True faith is superior to reason. True faith is superior to reason. It's an entrance. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is based upon the greatness of God. The greatness of God. Faith is based upon kingdom realities that are not seen, but yet are designed to come to earth. How? Through you and me. So we don't rely on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, Father, Oh, we know. Jesus modeled it. Jesus modeled it. He only did what he saw his father do. He only said what he heard his father say. And he says, do that. That's why we're sending the Holy Spirit. He's not going to be. See, Jesus, if Jesus came back, he'd be in one location. We'd all have to go and try and find him. Where's Jesus? Am I? Is that the truth? But because he sent us the Holy Spirit, we have the communion with the Holy Spirit, and he is with us step by step. Ah. Oh. So therefore, we don't have this thing called fear. 
or trepidation or because the very presence of God is right here. There's only boldness, confidence. The renewed, the renewed mind. So we don't, we don't re rely on our understanding, but the renewed mind is very important. Turn to somebody and say, your mind needs to be renewed. It's important. It's vital. A renewed mind actually can help our faith to increase much like the banks of the river affect the water rushing through it. The bank goes this way and the water goes that way. But if our mind is not renewed, it can actually do something, damn up the working of faith. Our mind makes a wonderful servant, once again, but it's a terrible master. Our minds are either renewed or at war with God. There's a framework for the renewing of the mind, and that is the nature of God and the promises of God. And if we live our lives out of that reality, then our mind will be renewed. We get God's download of divine reasoning so that we, our faith can grow. Our mind becomes renewed and shaped as we constantly are aware and live out the, uh, from God's promises and the goodness of God. Our faith comes from his faithfulness. Your faith will come from the faithfulness of God. Can I ask you, in this room, has God ever been faithful to you? Come on. I heard Dana's story. I love, I told Dana, I said, Dana, man, that, that story needs to be like a movie. And he has a lot of before Christ things, like he traveled and he traveled and he was back. Can I, do you mind if I say a few of these? Dana was production director for a Motley crew. And then he says, man, that was nasty. Don't want to have anything to do with that. Then he was Bon Jovi and did audio and stuff. And then he did uh, Boston and Journey. Was it a little? So hung up. But in this process, part of his testimony was he, one day he was at this big giant concert and he, he began to, God began to transition him. But I think God was protecting. When I heard Dana's story, I'm like, it's amazing how God protected Dana <laughs> through thick and thin, through stuff that you go, you know, and through that whole scene and just putting a protection around him and, and but yet leading him up to a place where he's actually walking. You perform, used to be an atheist, right? Said, I'm an atheist. But how many of you know that God can take an atheist and make him an absolute amazing child of God? There's one right there. And the story between how God brought the two of him and Brenda together, it's a beautiful thing. But we all have our faithfulness story, the faithfulness of God. And from his faithfulness, our faith moves. And we move forward, knowing what we've exercised some faith muscles, and so we're stronger than we were before. We're not where we used to be. The truth is, we, there, there's this thing, and I had Brianna do this dance this morning, and I'm going to close with this. The alabaster box. The story we get, according to Luke's account in this story of the alabaster box, the Lord Jesus was invited by a Pharisee to dine with him at, a, at his house. And Jesus obliged, and while, while he was there, an unnamed woman 
known only, get this, known only as a sinner. That's what the Word of God says, in the city where she lived. She's only known as a sinner, that lady. Oh, yeah, the sinner lady, yeah, sinner, yeah. The Bible says she was known as a sinner. In the city where she lived, went to Christ with an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and did what no other even thought of doing. And it says in Luke chapter 7, 38, broken and weeping, she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then Jesus opened her flask. I mean, sorry, then she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume as an act of worship. And that's a beautiful picture right there. <laughs> you know, while the Pharisee despised, literally despised um, Jesus for allowing the woman to touch him, what are you doing? Like, we don't do that. The Lord Jesus himself appreciated her actions. For he saw the sincerity of her repentance. The Lord Jesus told the Pharisee Simon about how, Simon the Pharisee, about how repentant the woman was in comparison to him and, and emphasized it, its importance. He says in Luke 7, 47, it says, it says this, she has been forgiven of, of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those, those who assume they have very little to be those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. The word repent means to change the way we think. This isn't a self-determination or a mind over matter. If it was only the most disciplined could repent, but the truth is repentance is a gift from God. It is godly sorrow over sin that enables a person to shift their perspective on reality, the superior reality. Repentance is seeing from God's perspective. This then gives us a clue about what? The renewed mind, it is the way of repentance. In other words, either I see from God's perspective or I need to repent. Everybody hear that? Either I see from God's perspective or I need to repent. I believe, I propose to you, the woman with the alabaster, the one that they said, oh, that's the sinner. She's known as the sinner, meaning she was a big sinner. She needed God to save her from a lot. But think about it. She came and she lavished upon him. With her very hair wiped her tears on his feet. Broke open a very costly, one of the translations says, it was, it was worth a year's wages, and she's breaking it open upon Jesus. Wow. I can just stop there and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you by the extravagance of her worship to the beauty of the repentant heart. 
that says, I recognize. See, I believe she, she's praising God, not just from what she got saved from, but what she got brought into. She's now a saint and not a sinner. I have, I, I'm not only leaving the old mindset, I've gained a new life. And I have to lavish my love upon you. Whatever I, whatever I need to do to, to leave the old way of thinking and to step into my destiny, I, I'll do it for you. We need to walk from a victorious mindset. I think I'm going to stop right here. Let's stand together. I think I'm going to continue on victorious mindsets next week. I just want to encourage you this morning. Did anybody receive this message? Is there the Holy Spirit? Just wave at me. Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning. Awesome. Can we just close our eyes for a moment? That song that Brianna danced to, what's, what's resounding in my spirit right now? So I'll pour out all my worship. So I'll pour out all my worship. Let me ask you something this morning, and I, I just, if there's any part of your heart right now that's divided, that you're kind of living out of two worlds, two realms, somewhat in your mindset that I'm, I'm serving God today and I'm not really the next. The Bible calls it doubly minded. James chapter one. If you're in that place this morning, Get into a place of repentance and not just a place of not doing what is wrong, but in a place of saying, Father, engage me into this movement of your kingdom that literally brings radical change to the earth through my life. Through my neighbor, through my job, through the business that I'm supposed to create or the ministry that I'm supposed to be involved in or the ministry that I'm supposed to engage start maybe that mission field is your family maybe that mission field whatever it is we're all priests we're all ministers i just hear the lord saying church i'm standing at your door as it says in revelation and i'm knocking i've got this amazing journey for you 
I want to sup with you. I want to sit down as a friend. All we have to do is open that door. And I believe when we open that door, we're saying, Father, forgive me for being doubly minded in any way. For, forgive me for a divided heart. Forgive me for even taking 90% and, I mean, giving you 90% and holding back 10. I want to give you my all. There's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of purpose in a mind that is fully, a heart that is fully his. So right now in this room, I just, I just pray, just put your hand on your heart. If you feel so led to do it, just put your hand on your heart. And I know we've done this before, but I, I hear the call today. God is calling us to intimacy. And he's calling us to a great adventure. But a doubly minded mind that's not is there because the heart isn't fully given to God. If there's any part of your heart today that the Holy Spirit's saying, I want that, you're holding it, but I want it. And in that release comes your destiny, comes purpose, comes greater vision, comes greater joy. Because He desires for you and me to have joy that's overflowing not measured out, but overflowing. So if you're here today and your heart is in a place that you're holding something back from God, give it to Him now. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. He'll show you which way to go. He orders the steps of the righteous. You're a, not a sinner saved by grace. You're a saint. You're a child of the living God. So Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Every heart, every life, show me and I will repent. Show me the mindsets that I've had. As we walk in this journey over the next few weeks of the renewing of the mind, may it be from a place where my heart is completely yours and there's no turning back. There's no turning back. I trust you and there is no plan be. I trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask our team to come forward. Our ministry team to come. They're going to be here to minister to you. If you're here and you're away from God, you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, let today be your day. Begin the journey. If you need healing in your body, come. We'll pray for you. You received this word this morning. Can you say amen? Can we just lift our hands and just worship him? Let's worship our king. Oh, we worship you. Father, we worship you. Can you go to the key of A for me, Cap? Can you go to the key? Come on, let's just sing this song. 
How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? And all will see how great, how great is our God. You're going to see him through me. Some of you need a fresh and filling, a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want, if that's you, just come. These guys will pray over you. If you want more of God, the Bible says draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Just tell them, I'm hungry, God. I want more of you. I want all of you to cover all of me. And he'll say, okay, come on, right? We serve a good God. He's always on time. He's never late. And he is your father. God bless you as you go. God bless you as you go. Come. Come to the altar if you need to. God bless you.